Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Grab your free 31-page PDF. It's a great uh, study guide or review on the top 200 drugs uh, and things that I've seen in clinical practice as well as things that uh, often show up on uh, board exams, whether you're a nurse, pharmacy student, med student. Um, great resource there. Simply an email. Uh, we'll get you access to that. And then, of course, we'll also get you updates when we've got a new podcast available as well as, well as other new content. The drug of the day today is inhaled uh, budesonide. And uh, brand name of this medication is Pomacort. And budesonide, I have uh, covered this a little bit in the past. I've covered systemic budesonide use, but I haven't specifically uh, focused on just inhaled budesonide. Now, it should be noted that it does come in other combinations. So, Brestree and Simbicort are uh, combinations of budesonide with other uh, inhaled agents that are typically going to be used in asthma and COPD, for example. Uh, but I do see a fair amount of uh, Pomacort use on its own. Uh, and again, those indications, asthma, COPD. And with recent uh, GINA guidelines, recommendations, uh, we're seeing these um, inhaled corticosteroids used more and more in uh, acute exacerbations and getting that steroid on board and obviously trying to uh, prevent re-exacerbation and obviously help uh, acutely with the, the situation as much as we can. But I'll talk about the onset and some of the pharmacokinetics a little bit later um, and why it doesn't necessarily work instantaneously, um, but I'll dig into that a little bit later. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the dosage forms a little bit. Uh, so uh, Pomacort or Budesonide uh, comes as a dry powder, and that's called the Flexhaler is the device there. Uh, 90 and 180 micrograms per inhalation is the dosing there. Um, and then we also have a nebulized formulation. And in practice, where I've seen the nebulized formulation used the most are pediatric patients and geriatric patients. So these are patients that can't necessarily coordinate uh, the timing of their breath. Or in maybe geriatric situations, uh, maybe that breath isn't uh, deep enough and strong enough uh, to allow us to use the dry powder product. Uh, so you'll definitely see um, nebulized budesonide used in those patient populations. Uh, now, the different dosing um, is, is laid out. So for nebulized formulations, 0.25 to 1 milligrams per 2 mil uh, neb. And depending upon what we're trying to do and how aggressive we want to be, um, we can get to uh, low, medium, and high 
uh, dosing. Now, if you remember, this is laid out in asthma guidelines, low, medium, and high uh, corticosteroid dosing. Um, pearls.com slash RLP. Uh, if you create a free account there, you can get an awesome chart that lays out uh, all those different strengths and what category they fall in. I know this is definitely something uh, generally in more advanced uh, pharmacology board exams uh, that might come up, but just understanding and recognizing um, what category of aggressiveness they're in, low, medium, or high, uh, based upon uh, the drug we're using and the dose we're using. So, uh, for example, Pomacort, dry powder, flex inhaler, per GINA guidelines. So low dose would be considered 200 to 400 micrograms per day. Uh, medium dose would be considered anything uh, above 400 micrograms uh, to up to 800 micrograms per day. And high dose would be considered above 800 micrograms per day. So I think that kind of lays that out a little bit. And again, uh, that reference uh, Pearls, P-Y-R-L-S dot com slash R-L-P. Uh, if you haven't taken advantage of that, they've got a, a free chart um, that you can have access to once you, you create a free account there. So um, definitely go go take advantage of that. So mechanistically, I'm not going to go through this a ton. It's an inhaled corticosteroid. Um, has glucocorticoid activity. Uh, ultimately reduces uh, action of things like leukocytes which reduces inflammation. And if you remember, this is one of the primary issues um, in asthma is that kind of hyperactivity, hyperinflation, uh, inflammation, excuse me, um, issue in asthma. Administration. So one important thing for you know all inhaled corticosteroids are we're going to want to rinse. So rinse and spit uh, after use. And that's to help prevent infection, thrush, things like that. Uh, there is a couple things I wanted to mention um, specifically with, with each of the two major products. So the Flexhaler, um, it does need to be primed, um, but it only needs to be primed uh, the very first time the patient uses it. Okay, So you don't obviously, prime, you know, if they take a dose and then they skip a day, um, it only needs to be primed that very, very first time. So one-time priming only. And then uh, being a dry powder device, uh, we do not shake the Flexhaler, okay? So many patients are used to doing that with, you know, an albuterol inhaler or something like that where you got to shake it. Um, this should not uh, be shaken. Now, the nebulized formulations, let's mention them a little bit. Um, probably one of the <laughs> biggest questions I get asked are, can I mix nebulized formulations? So two of the big ones, most common ones, um, albuterol and ipratropium. Uh, it is, uh, there is some evidence supporting that uh, mixing these is okay for delivery. So um, I would definitely refer you to look at your organization's policy and procedures and what's allowed and not allowed. Um, but if you do go look at the literature, there is some uh, evidence to support uh, that mixing is okay. It's not going to harm the patient and uh, they're going to get uh, the, the drug there as well. Uh, adverse drug reactions, um, upper respiratory tract infections, thrush, uh, those are, are two risks associated with inhaled corticosteroids like budesonide here. 
Uh, some local irritation, cough, things like that can happen as well. Uh, and another question I, I get from uh, patients generally after they've done some research online is, um, you know, should I be concerned whether it's, you know, a pediatric patient or, you know, risk of osteoporosis, thinking about some of the issues with systemic long-term corticosteroid use. Do I need to be concerned about those issues? And you know, the the risk of issues is extremely, extremely low because uh, the percent absorbed systemically is extremely, extremely low. Uh, with that said, it's it's something to to think about for sure. Um, adrenal suppression, elevated blood sugars, osteoporosis, uh, insomnia, immunosuppression risk. Uh, th- those are risks that are going to be generally more associated with longer-term corticosteroid use where we're using those systemically, uh, not necessarily inhaled. So again, uh, not to say that it it absolutely cannot happen, but the risk is uh, extremely, extremely low there. Uh, Flexhaler, I did want to mention, also contains lactose. Um, So there have been reports of anaphylactic reactions to that. Um, so definitely uh, pay attention to that if you know somebody has had an issue uh, with that. Uh, monitoring parameters, obviously we're using this for respiratory conditions. That's what we're going to be monitoring. So your FEV1, your peak flow, um, other kind of pulmonary function tests as well there. And then I wanted to mention uh, kinetics. So I kind of alluded to that earlier. Uh, how quickly does this medication start working when we use it for um, asthma and COPD and things like that? So it takes definitely at le- at a minimum hours, uh, more likely days to really begin working and, and show its effects. Um, so that leads to an important patient education point for sure. Uh, we got to make sure that patients understand Uh, that this medication does take a while to work. So if they take one dose and they don't feel any better within 15 minutes, half hour, hour, that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, It's supposed to take a little time to work and that's okay. So we have to do that patient education so they don't take a dose and half hour, hour later, I'm not breathing any better. Uh, This medication's junk. You know, so I've I've had to have those conversations uh, with patients in the past who have quit taking their inhaled corticosteroid. Um, so really, really important patient education point to ensure that patients are actually getting the medications that we uh, are prescribing or dispensing or um, you know administering them to them as well. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. In addition, if you're a student, whether that be nursing, med student, we've got tons of books, uh, case studies, food-drug interactions, drug-drug interactions, uh, all sorts of goodies on Amazon uh, that can really help you uh, become a better healthcare professional. So uh, go check that out. All your support uh, through the the links at meded101.com slash store. Obviously help support this podcast uh, and keep it free for all to benefit from. So greatly appreciative to those of you 
who have uh, shared um, some of your income uh, with us to help keep this podcast going. All right, let's wrap up with drug interactions. So uh, there aren't a ton, which is nice, and we don't have a ton of systemic absorption with this drug, uh, budesonide, inhaled budesonide specifically. Uh, So that's not a major, major concern in my mind as far as drug interactions, but there is a couple things I think of of note uh, that we should pay attention to. Uh, So CYP3A4 inhibitors, definitely not an absolute contraindication, um, but they can potentially raise uh, systemic concentrations of budesonide. Uh, The other interaction that I I did want to mention, something that I look out for, uh, is infection risk. Um, So, you know, thrush, respiratory tract infection, um, that risk is potentially elevated a little bit with the use of an inhaled corticosteroid like budesonide. Um, In normal immunocompetent patients, I don't really worry about it a ton. But if you get patients that are immunosuppressed, uh, that might just be one more thing uh, that kind of tips the scales toward them being more at risk for an infection to happen. So uh, any type of transplant patient that's on you know significant immunosuppressives, uh, a lot of patients with um, autoimmune diseases may have uh, other immunosuppressives on board. Uh, so those are situations where we, we may have a little bit uh, more heightened risk um, for various types of infections. So again, something we're going to monitor. And if patients are having frequent infections, obviously we've got to kind of weigh risk versus benefits of the medications that we're utilizing that could uh, potentially suppress that immune system uh, and increase the risk for infection there. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Don't forget uh, to support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. If you enjoyed this podcast, found it beneficial, uh, share us with a friend, uh, leave a rating, review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, Go subscribe at reallifepharmacology.com. Get that free 31-page PDF. And, uh, of course, support our sponsor today, pearls.com as well. So P-Y-R-L-S dot com slash rlp uh, go sign up and get your uh, free uh, chart on the inhaled corticosteroids if you want to reach out to me got suggestions uh, comments concerns uh, mededucation101 at gmail.com otherwise you can find me eric christensen uh, bcps bcgp on linkedin thank you so much for listening and i hope you have a great rest of your day Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.